Hello and welcome to Mike Martin Asks Again. This week we have another amazing entrepreneur on for you guys. Awesome guest. I've been excited about getting this guy on because it's something very, very different than, than we normally. Most of my guests come through my team. We, 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 we purposely reach out and we try to find these guys. Um, and when this person was found, I was kind of like, holy shit, I'm so excited about talking to him. So he's the CEO of a company called um, Filter Off. Now, I'm not going to go into too much, but it's kind of <laughs> a video speed dating app. So I'm dead excited to talk about this because I've, I've been in a relationship for 12 years, fucking probably longer. And when we dated, it was a case of, okay, if you can get a drunk, <laughs> you might get lucky. Whereas nowadays people do it online and it's a lot more civil. So this this is cool. He's also the creator of something called PR FastPass. We've, we've got a big SEO audience, uh, which gets you business founding, all the top sites and stuff like that. I'm not going to go into too much detail about it because we're going to talk about that later on. Um, my amazing guest today is Zach Schlein. Over to you, my friend. Tell us who you are. Hey. hey, Mike. Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. I appreciate you coming on. Um, are you in a gym or something there? Is that just an office with loads of glass walls? Yeah, I'm at a WeWork in uh, New York City at the moment. Oh, a WeWork. I've seen the film on that. Is it, is it the same The same thing as the it, film? You know, It's called WeWork, isn't it, in the film? Where that guy was just mental and he's just like, let's fuck the walls, not fuck the thingies up and everyone just working one big... Awesome. You nailed I don't, it. Yeah. I've never I've never seen one in real life. Yeah, this is where my office is. It's an it's a it's a great co-working space. Um yeah, the the founder is uh definitely uh has some red flags, that's for sure. Mate, there's nothing wrong with red flags. It's, 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 any publicity is good publicity, as they say. So, you know what? If it gets people talking, which I know about it, I've never seen one of those, but I've I know exactly about I mean they made a film about it, didn't they? Um I mean I'm assuming you get a lot of um, a lot of contacts in there as well, then, do you? Because there's a lot of different businesses and a lot of young businesses. Because obviously, when New York City as well, if you can afford an office, you've already made it. But if you can't afford to buy a building, then you jump into something like WeWork. And is there loads of young up and coming businesses there that you can invest in yeah. and make money with? Yeah, I mean, I think it's interesting in New York City. People are kind of like their heads are down. I travel a lot. So when I work remotely, people are much more collaborative, I would say, with other like, quote unquote, digital nomads. New York City, not so much. Um, but it is a great place to be. Um, you're around other businesses. They have coffee on tap. So that's always a good thing. And it's pretty comfortable. Yep. Like London then. Have you been to London? I have like a London. couple times. Yeah, nobody looks at you. They just totally ignore you. You can walk down the street with your face covered in blood and nobody would even pay any attention. They'd be like, he's just one of the weirdos. <laughs> and they just get on. So tell us about you. Let, let's take you back. Before we start talking about the speed dating, which is the one I'm quite excited about because that's something that it's like, I don't know if you've managed to hold down a relationship. I don't think if I ran a speed dating app, I could hold down a relationship because my missus would be like always accusing me of stuff. I would imagine. And then the PR fast pass. But wh where did you start from? Obviously, um, you left school, uni, or whatever it is you did. Where, where, what put you on this path to entrepreneurship? Because I love the backstory of entrepreneurs and finding out where where they actually came from, what what you made of type of thing. If, if we could start there. Yeah, I think. So I grew up in uh, Westchester, New York. Uh, went to college at Syracuse University. And one thing I've always valued uh, is relationships and deep connection. And uh, kind of fell into online dating. My older brother told me about it after my freshman year of college. 
and I joined OkCupid and I was like, whoa, I can meet people outside my friend circle. This is really cool. And kind of got like, just like really into it. And this was back in the day before like online dating was like acceptable. There's definitely a stigma still. (laughs) And I remember I was like, damn, I'm wasting so much time on these dating sites on OkCupid specifically. How can I like put this into something and like put some, like do some good in the world with online dating? So like what better way than just write a blog and review the different dating apps that are out there. So that's what I did. I took this like passion of mine and like put my energy into creating this dating blog called Top Romp. And I ended up just reviewing different dating apps and hacks for millennials. Um, Grew that quite a bit and ended up selling that. But then I've just tried a number of different startups And filter off was really the first, I would say the most successful one where I was able to leave my nine to five. Um, Yeah. And just like really pursue what I'm really passionate about, which is like facilitating human connection in like a really authentic way. I like that. I like the way you say it. So what, 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 what were you failed businesses? What, what, where did, what did you do first? What was. Yeah. So I had a business called begin you uh, it connected college students to student startups. And that was kind of my taste of first taste of like entrepreneurship with the team. And, uh, we had a partner breakup, but I thought it was really cool. Again, connecting students, helping them kind of like not have to just rely on school to learn, but like bring them into really cool projects. But yeah, it didn't work out after that. Yeah. I was doing the dating blog after that. Um, I ran actually, this did pretty well. I ran a mental health online community, uh, called 18%. We had about 25,000 people on Slack. We're the largest mental health Slack community and it connected people who had like any mental health issues. So we had like different channels, like anxiety, bipolar, depression. It was really cool. Just like the ability to help so many people we partnered with the crisis text line. It just gave us like an inflow of new users every day um, that weren't necessarily in crisis, but were just looking for friends. Um, and yeah, that was a really cool community. And that was really my first taste in community. So I've had a lot of experience like building startups and then also like building communities and this passion around online dating. So with regards to that, that mental health one, because that sounds really, I mean, that does sound really interesting. I'm assuming, was it the Facebook groups that killed that? that or, or was it was it just something that was difficult to monetize? Yeah, I think what it came down to, it became philanthropic, which is great. Um, but like, I just didn't have the time. Like filter off, started working. And I was like, this is the thing that I want to take off. I also had a like a partner breakup quote unquote with my old uh like best friend um so that was pretty stressful and when you're when you and your co-founder are not on the same page like the likelihood of success is just low it's it's too it's like a marriage uh, it's too stressful so that was another reason why it didn't work out but um yeah it was really special when it when it while it lasted but uh yeah just wanted to focus on the thing that was working. And that was the dating app. And that was the dating so app. So 
how does this work then? This because obviously this was the thing that caught my eye as soon as I seen as, as seen um, that you was coming on the podcast. I, I, this was like I was like, holy shit, man! This, this guy's done something like talk, and I can see where you've progressed from now. Obviously, getting those human connections, helping people. You've not gone down the route where I see a lot of entrepreneurs who who chase the money. Um, you've kind of gone down some of the, and I'm assuming it's probably in the long run made a lot more money than most of the businesses where people are chasing the money because it's something that you're, you're passionate about. Um, I mean, who doesn't like dating? <laughs> it's, it's like, it's oh, yeah. kind of, but, but I, and I, I know what you mean when I, when I was, cause I'm in my forties now. And when I was younger, dating apps were looked at like, um, people would laugh at you, people would take the piss. And, and nowadays, Nobody seems to date in their um, in their own, like you said, their own friend circle. You could have a friend circle of 15 guys and girls and none of them will date one another um, because what will happen is they're all like, well, they all go out on dating apps and they meet people that are more connected and they still they keep the friend circle. Whereas when I was younger, everybody in this friend circle had dated everybody else growing up throughout the whole thing. Whereas nowadays it's like, well, we just all go on dating apps and nobody cares. So it, so it has become um, like... Except not just accepted it. It's, it's become commonplace, hasn't it? It's like even 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 people in the sixties and stuff like that. I know who were on dating apps, and it's like wedding. Uh, sorry, marriages are broke up, and they're like get on a dating app, and they do, and they enjoy it. They, they they really they really enjoy it. So how does yours work? Yeah, so we launched right before the pandemic. Um, how we started was like virtual speeding events for different communities, um, and then we've shifted away from that where now it's every day based off your preferences, you're given other singles. And if you both like one another, we set you up on a time video date. Um, and you only have a few days to actually set up that date. And uh, if you both like one another, you could then message or jump on a longer video chat. And then every evening, uh, our other feature is you could do another, a virtual speeding event in your area. Uh, so it's, it's really what makes it special is this time video date, uh, face-to-face connection. Our goal is that you could get on a video chat like that evening from the comfort of your own home. And th- so, so these, these speed dates, the way they work is, is it, so, so I'm assuming you used to use like breakout rooms. Was that, was that your initial model? It was like a breakout yeah, so when, room and loads of people. Yeah. I mean, when we first launched, everything took place in the filter off app. And it was like very community driven. I think one thing we noticed is once the whole community dates each other, it kind of dries up. <laughs> and um, and yeah, we had to just pivot uh, since the pandemic. I think during the pandemic, people were just so disconnected, really lonely. They were just willing to talk to kind of anyone. I think what we've seen in the data is people have gotten a lot pickier again and curate. And that's what we're building features now to even... Pr- provide more curation of what you're looking for or what you're not looking for. Um, but yeah, we set you up on like these video dates. So it's a video day. Do they see each other before they go on the video date or do they have to turn up to see each other? Is it like yeah, a surprise? So, no. So now, yes, you could see one another. Um, it, like your pictures, you could add some like audio uh, answering questions or video answering questions. So yes, uh, when we actually, fun story, when we first launched, it was all blind. Uh, and we were okay. like, we're going to make this blind. Love is blind. <laughs> and we quickly realized like people want to see each other, especially now post pandemic. Maybe during the pandemic, they're again a little bit more open or much more open. Now 
they want to see what the person looks like. Attraction still is the number one thing for singles. Like they need to be attracted to want to, or at least like he's or she is good looking enough to go on a video date with. Yeah, because if you get on and, and, and even, and I'm not saying ugly or nice because everyone's got a, a, a certain type. And if you get mm-hmm. on and it's like, all right, a lot of people might think she's nice, but I think she's fucking hideous and I don't know what it is about her. But there's, there's, there's certain actors and actresses who, when they come on a film, I say to my missus, I'm not watching it because they're in it because I can't look at the face. And I don't know why I can't look at the face. They're not particularly ugly, but to me, they're the ugliest person in the world. <laughs> And it's, it's, I guess it's like that. I guess it is. It's like uh, the law of attraction doesn't always make sense. Um, when you see these like little short guys with these big, tall, beautiful blonde models and you think he's rich. Um, but in, in a lot of cases on this, I guess that doesn't work. So have you got any, have you got any success stories? Have you got any stories like where like they, they've, they've met and they've fallen in love, got married and, and they've give us a couple of examples. Yeah. You don't have to name any names, but. No, no, for sure. I mean, we actually got covered in the New York Times uh, for one of our marriages um, during the pandemic. Uh, in the last like month, I actually got like three emails from people who were like, hey, I got married on your app. Uh, one actually was a woman in uh, the United States and the guy was from Africa and they met uh, during the pandemic and they chatted every day over video and then she finally met him Flew, flew out there when the borders opened and ended up getting married. So now he's uh, living in the U.S. Um, so we've had a number of marriages, and uh, I'm sure there's babies along the way too. <laughs> so, wow. So it really has. It's changed lives, hasn't it? So it is something where oh, you can turn around sure. and say, we've actually improved people's lives to, 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 to a more important extent than financially. Because most of what I do is based about businesses, it's based about making money, it's based about finance, it's based about um, either somebody being able to to, to, to make dough or to, to rank a website that builds a business. So there's, there is, there's things like, okay, I've changed their life in a financial way. But more importantly, I mean, if you can make somebody healthy or happy, I guess that's a million times more important to be able to turn around and say, I've actually made made it's fucking awesome i love it um and how do people get involved in that if they wanted to get on your dating app what's what's the because because my girls will put links down the bottom anyway for this but if you just tell us about it because this this it it does interest me i want to talk about this for ages but i'm probably not going to keep you on forever on about this because i know the pr ones a lot of my guys will be looking to just talk us about the fucking pr um go on yeah so uh yeah, so filter off. It's available on Android or iOS, so you could just search filter off, and uh, you'll see it's uh, free to use. We do have a subscription, but you could totally use it for free. Um, the subscription just gives you like more people you can match with, boosts, super likes. Um, I think when it comes down to is like if you create an awesome product that people love, like you'll make a lot of money. Um, so like. We do, we're now, we have these like subscriptions in the back end and a la carte purchases. But like our goal is like create awesome outcomes, get people on video dates, people share it, people buy, and it's a win win everywhere. Absolutely awesome. Um, love it. Uh, I really do. I think, I think it's, I think it's a brilliant product. When you, when, when, when you first say to somebody, and you've probably had this experience anyway, when you first say to somebody, yeah, he runs a, f- a video dating app, you probably, a lot, a lot of people are like, 
oh, he's a sleazebag. He's just after boning as many women as he can. But when speaking to you, that doesn't come across at all. It's, it's completely different. You've actually created something that um, that I, f- I feel you should be pretty proud of, especially if it's making people happy. And it's, it's, it's connecting couples in a way that um, is changing their lives. So it's, that's cool. And then the one that a lot of my listeners are going to be uh, shouting at the thing, saying, look, we, we're all married. <laughs> we're all in our 50s. <laughs> um, tell us about the... Um, PR fast pass. How did that, how did that come about? How did how did you end up um, building off the back of this? It's completely different. I'm assuming it's got something to do with how you marketed the dating app. Um, but you tell me. Yeah. So PR fast pass. It's a course. Um, I've been passionate about PR, self taught uh, for years now, and I actually grew filter off during the pandemic through PR and people. Every day, people are like, how did you get the New York Times? How did you get BBC? How did you get... It was just like, we've been in over 200 publications. And people just kept asking me, wanting to jump on calls. And I was just like, screw it. I'm just going to make a course. Just teach people how to do it. Exactly uh, the methods that I use, the exact scripts that I use, the exact subject lines that I use. So now when people ask, I just send them the link to the course. Because I'm like, I'd rather teach you Al, and you're able to do it yourself for any sort of business or service that you're looking to promote. Um, so yeah, that's kind of the inspiration around uh, this course, PR Fast Pass. I guess a lot more people will actually have success if you do it that way, because um, I think it was Russell Brunson who said it when I first heard it. Um, and what he said is he says, he says he's got a, a room where he charges people 50 grand a year to be in. Right. So they pay 50 grand and they come to a room and it's like it's, it's, it's like a mastermind. And in this mastermind, they've got almost 100 percent success from every single person that spent 50 grand a year to be in the room. And over the years, he's had friends, family members, people that he knows personally who are struggling in business and stuff like that. Who's brought them along for free. Come and sit in on my on my masterminds for free. You'll learn all the stuff we learn and you'll become successful. And he's had a zero percent success rate for people he's giving it to for free. So if you give your advice away for free, um, people don't value it. So if they, if they go off and they purchase that course, um, I'm, I'm assuming a lot more people will value it because they've had to put their hand in their pocket for it. And that way they will. So I, I, I in that situation, I think you'll actually get more success from people buying a course off you than you would if you just jumped on a meeting and, and talked them through how to do it. Um, that being said, <laughs> um, let's, 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 so, so, what what type of things have you been? Have, so you said the BBC, you said New York Times and stuff like that. Do they need to have existing relationships and stuff like that to get into these? Because yeah, that's the like one misconceived notion is you don't have to have any existing relationships. I uh, taught myself just through trial and error, lots of mess ups and uh, and lots of wins. Um, where I've replicated this over and over and had people who literally had one guy recently and he just got into like Toronto star. Um, so, which is like a pretty big publication in Toronto for his business. And it's like, once you have the framework or in this case, taking this course and just like how to reach the right journalists, how to come up with your press worthy pitch, you could get press without knowing a single journalist and without paying for like a really overpriced agency um, and just do it yourself. And that's really the beauty of PR. It's, it's like anything. It's, it's a skill. Once you learn it, 
you could just apply it again and again and again and just get like massive press. Because yeah, that's what I was going to say about about the the, the PR uh, fast pass is do you not have to line their pockets? Because most people I know that are doing um, either what what you're talking about where they're doing it from a positive perspective or where they're actually doing it from a negative perspective, where they're trying to get things in certain magazines so it goes viral, so it'll kill a company, so that their company will organically rise. You've only got one or two other competitors in the market. It's like, let's kill them. Uh, But they all tend to use cash. (laughs) It's a case of phone call, here's five grand, here's 10 grand, here's 25 grand, or whatever, depending on how big of a bigger result they want, they tend to have to throw cash at it. And and in... Obviously, it's not something I've I've spent a lot of time trying to do, but is is that necessary or is it not? No, not at all. All I mean, I can kind of walk you through it. So, like, if you have, let's say, you have a an idea, you have a business, and if you're just trying to sell your business, they're going to be like, take out an ad. You need to have an angle that's valuable to the journalist. So, and in the course, I talk about how to come up with these angles, leveraging current events things of that nature. But once you have that angle, then you find the journalists that are connected to your niche. So like, for example, if you're in like fintech, find journalists that are also in fintech. And there's, you could use like a site like Upwork to find journalists, like hire someone for cheap, really cheap, and just get a list of journalists in the fintech space. Or you could even use like a database, like a a database like Muckrack, and pull those journalists. And then you use, you come up with like a press worthy subject line. And all of these things are taught in the course. And then you come up with a pitch. And then once you email, let's say a thousand journalists and you pull in their name and the publication in the email, if you land one, that one could theoretically be like a, ma- a major, like a Forbes. And I did that recently and I got someone Forbes just through emailing like 1,500 journalists, but all you need is one. And then yeah. using that one, then you could then leverage that piece to even get more press. And it's like, you'll, you could literally get, keep getting press every week and just becomes a machine, just leverage off each other. That sounds, that does sound really awesome. I, I, I think, um, I think I'd like to do a webinar on it. Do you know what? Do you do webinars? Yeah, I, we we love doing that. Um, I think what it comes down to is just like anyone could do this without paying for like a really expensive agency. That's the beauty. It's like it's it's like a skill, like anything else. Do you use autoresponders for your emails then, or do you actually send them individual emails? Um, so what I use is I use a service called Mailshake. So what I'll do is I load up all the emails into Mailshake. And there's mm-hmm. lots of services like a GMAS, um, yet another mail merge. And I come up, I A-B test subject lines. And then I put in the email. I do the, like I pull in their parameters, like their first name and the company. So it feels curated. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then I do a follow-up after about five days. And I get open rates over 30%. I sometimes get 50% open rates. And and then you just do these follow-ups. Oftentimes, the second email will do it and they say, hey, I'm interested in jumping on a call with you. And I mean, just think about it. It's journalist jobs 
are to get valuable pitches, but they don't want to be spammed and they don't want to be sold to. But if you could provide value, whether it's you have an angle or your uh, you have your subject matter expert in something, they they're looking for that. Um, and you don't need to send like a press kit. All that's BS. You just send like a short, concise pitch that's valuable, and they'll want to chat with you. Yeah, I, I do you know what I get? I get quite a lot of people contact me to to, to try and JV on projects and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and like for example, I've got one in my support desk right now where somebody's tried to contact me through support, but he sent me a fucking big page of writing, massive big page, and it's been sat there for four days. And 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 I'm thinking I need to read it, but then I'm thinking I can't be asked reading, it. and eventually I will probably just delete it because he sent me <laughs> like what you just said, a big press pack, but it's not. It's only it's about the size of that, but it's all text, so it's the full. <laughs> and I'm yeah. like, I'm not, I'm not spending 15 minutes reading something. I just want to know what you want in bullet points, and, and so I totally get that people are inherently lazy anyway, aren't they? So how yeah. do you split test the? How do you split test the um, the headlines? Because obviously that's the most important part. Is obviously the headline. Yeah. Do you use a special tool for that, or does does the software do that? Yeah. So in most of these tools you could just like and oftentimes you have to get on their premium package but most of those tools are pretty inexpensive like a uh, gmas is very cheap um you could just do different a b tests and in the course i talk about how to come up with subject lines and i like to actually start with like 15 like just like a brain dump and that was actually mm-hmm. buzzfeed if you're familiar buzzfeed when they came yep. up with titles they would just throw everything against the wall, came up with every crazy title they could think of. And and you could even also use ChatGPT. Be like, hey, uh, this is a subject line. Come up with 10 more variations of the subject line. And yep. you could just iterate from there. So there's lots of tools now uh, to come up with awesome subject lines. One of the best ones, the reason I asked you that question is one of the best ones I've seen is um, a tool called GetResponse. Um, and it used to be very, very basic years ago. Um, I think I've had my list with them for about the, the, one, the one list I've got with them about seven years now. Um, and what they enable you to do is upload up to five, I think it is, five headlines, right? And then what you do is you click send. And what it will do is it will send out a very small percentage. So probably 5% of your list. So let's say you're sending it out to five, six, 7,000 people, right? It'll send it out to 5% of your list. It waits for a certain length of time, so like an hour or so, sees which one's getting the best open rate and click rate, and then it'll send the rest of the list to the winner. So it kind mm-hmm. of automates the whole the whole thing for it. In fact, uh, the girl that sends my emails, I've never shown her that thing. So, but she also is going to edit this video <laughs> on Monday. So, Lauren, <laughs> speak to me about that. I'll just I'll use this as a as, as a note to to think. Yeah. So get. Let's 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 go back before we, we start um, talking about obviously how people get in touch with you and things like that. Um, have you had any 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 big failures in in your career? So, so that you've got because people love to hear about it because everybody's got these great ideas and people follow through on a lot of of stuff. Where like um, this this is going to change the world. This is going to make me and, and and they never do. Have you got any of them? Have you got any examples of stuff like that? I mean, most of like I was. Yeah, I mean, for me, I've learned, and probably most of your viewers listening, we typically learn from like doing. It's not like from school or the corporate job. It's like doing your own startup or doing your own project. 
and just getting your hands dirty. I mean, it took me about 10 years um, trying different projects or startups until I went full-time on Filter Off, where I was able to pay myself a salary and build a team and, yeah, just do this independently. Um, so, yeah, I mean, lots of trial and error and lots of fuck-ups along the way where startups didn't work out and lots of failures and I've had partner breakups and my heart fucking pulled out of me. Um, but that's what makes you better. And even with filter off, I've, uh, would have done certain things differently, but it's all a learning experience and hopefully your startup's not dead. And if it's not just start doing what you need to do to make it better, um, to re, course correct. And that's what it's about. And surrounding yourself with like awesome people and listening to podcasts like yours to learn and take in new skills. So that's kind of what my uh, personality and kind of what I'm drawn to. If you was to give out, uh, give people one piece of advice, if, if somebody's like going after a startup now and you was to try and give them one bit of advice on, 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 on how to think their way through, not 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 necessarily go after this, go after this, go after this, on how to think their way through a successful startup to being something that's actually going to do five, six, seven figures a year. What what would the main bit of advice you'd give them about their headspace? About their headspace? I mean, for me, all the startups I've worked on were things that I was super passionate about mm -hmm. um, and pain points for myself. Um, whether it's been around human connection, whether it's been about uh, just getting frustrated going on first dates and getting there and realizing they don't look like their photos or we we don't have chemistry, <laughs> yep. did not translate into text. So I built Filter Off because that was the app I always wanted to use. So I think startups are hard and it's a grind. And if you work on something that's solving your own itch, it just makes it a lot more fun. And the likelihood of burnout is going to be a lot less because you're trying to solve this also for yourself. How did you how did you finance it then? Did you have to take capital on or did you did, did you do it out of your own pocket? Yeah. So in the beginning we bootstrapped. Um yeah. I was working on nine to five. I was working on filter off evenings and weekends. And then the pandemic hit and I got us a ton of press and we got tens of thousands of users through press. And, and then I was able to raise $2.4 million. Um, so I would, I would say that using like this press machine uh, was yeah. quite responsible for landing $2.4 million. We, we raised our lead, our lead investor was Anheuser-Busch's venture arm, ZX Ventures. Um, and we also had investors that were ex-Tinder, ex-Google, and ex-Airbnb employees. Wow. So your own press release is what launched your app at the beginning. Uh, what about the development side of things? How, you had to bootstrap that out of your own pocket. Because I, I mean, I've got three or four apps on at the minute and, and just getting an MVP, a, a very smart, it's at least 30 to 50K. Um, and there's no, <laughs> nobody wants to invest anything in that. It's like, okay, the, the first step is this. And then it's after you've done that, then you're looking at it and saying, okay, is this still a good idea? Or have we just wasted another 50 grand? And we've done that lots of times. <laughs> Um, yeah. and it's, so, so that's why I wondered about the actual, the, 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 the finance side, but obviously you got, um, you got finance. How did, how do you, how did you go about getting somebody to invest that sort of money? Is that because of where you're based or is that? So 
So in terms of answering your first question about the software development, my co-founder is a software engineer and product designer. Okay. So like he took that. Perfect. He was like, I'm going to build yeah. a product that works, that's stable, that gets people onto a video chat. And my goal was to get people using it. Um, and once we were able to get, have that, what they say often, cold start problem, like dating apps are hard because your people are your product. If you don't have enough people and people necessarily yeah. nearby, people, no one's going to use your app. It's hard. It's like a chicken or the egg. And that's why when I got the New York Times, it got a few thousand users. When we got the BBC and got another few thousand users, like, damn, it's populating. And from there, uh, once we started getting these positive outcomes, like in the beginning, it was just about growth. And about a year and a half ago, that's what VC really deeply cared about was just growth. Nowadays, it's like revenue, revenue. They care more about real businesses and having business models. Um, but yeah, I was able to show, hey, people want to use this. This is something that the traditional swipe apps aren't doing where it's like it's centered around the video chat. And this is going to be the next paradigm of online dating. And I convinced investors um, to jump on board and able to raise and then ended up speaking to this huge investor who's going to potentially invest. And I reached out to AB InBev's venture team. And then I reached out to his family office. I was like, hey, we're going to get a million dollars like next three days. Are you in or you out? And they got like, everyone's like jumped on calls and... Yeah, it's like a lot about like I don't believe you should manipulate in any way, but you you have to have to understand the playing field. And yeah. you and if people want in, others want in. They don't want to miss out. And that's what we were able to create and it was a hot app and um during this time and we were able to successfully close that round. Yeah, fear of missing out's massive, it really is. It's like um that was genius. That was really smart. I mean, I think, I don't know if you did it this way, I'm assuming, because you, you, you've you just opened the app up then. I mean, it's it's available worldwide now. Correct. Because, cause, yeah, I think I always teach my, my students inch wide, mile deep. Um, and I expected when, when I asked you how you first marketed it, because I expected to you to say something along the lines of, we, we released in New York only. We basically had a tagline that was all about this is the dating app for New York professionals, blah, 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 blah. And then it went from New York to New York State and from New York State and started to grow cross country that way. But you, it looks like you just you just hit the press releases and that just fucking killed it for you. Yeah, I mean, the beginning, the very beginning, we did no paid. It was all organic. Um, I was big on Clubhouse at the time as well. I used to run like the big shoot your shot rooms on Clubhouse as like dating rooms. Uh, so people heard about me through that. So it's really like everything, um, just yeah, the press. So just third party sites throwing us on, ranking us for video speed dating around SEO. So it was just like a number of different things to drive traffic uh, without spending money um, or limited money. And and then when we did raise, we did focus on New York City. Um, since then, we've now transitioned to be a nationwide dating app. So we did take that wide approach because we're just like we need users. Then we took a more narrow approach and then we broadened it back out. Yeah, so just, that, that's kind of, I have always looked at it. In fact, in one of my books, I explain it. We, we did what we did in, I used to live in Spain and um, we got these 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 little uh, tablets that dye your pool a different color. So you throw them in your swimming pool and they dye your, so when you're having a party and stuff like that, 
you, you'll, you'll chuck a pink one in in your pool, it'll go pink, or you chuck a green one in it, it'll turn green, and so on and so forth. Um, and, and we threw one in the ocean to see what happened. And, 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 and when you chucked it in the ocean, it literally, you see in this little bit of pink, and then it was gone. <laughs> it's like, and that's kind of what happens to your marketing budget if you try and hit too, too far afield. But I think a lot of new businesses make the mistake of trying to be all things to all men rather than saying, well, I just want short, fat, bald men with one leg because there's still thousands of the fuckers around um, and they're dead easy to target type of thing. But I mean, obviously it's worked for you guys, which is, which is, which is absolutely brilliant. Um, what would, what would you say from a professional perspective? What, what, what's the biggest, like not from a financial perspective, what's, what's been the biggest achievement you've done where you've been like, okay, I, I feel really proud of that. And the reason I'm asking you this is because a lot of entrepreneurs go after, they, they, they try to, um, they chase the money, like we were saying earlier. And they're like, oh, if I'd have done this, I'd have made a million dollars doing this. I'd have made two million doing that. I'd have made five million. And, the, and, and you still feel the same. doesn't matter how many zeros are in your bank. You wake up feeling like shit some days. You, you, other days, you don't feel like going to the gym or you don't even want to get out of bed. Um, and it's kind of, what was the biggest, like the achievement that made you feel the best for, from, from a professional perspective? Yeah, I, uh, it's a good question. I did a TEDx a few years ago and being on stage and talking to, it's like close to a thousand people. That was, uh, I realized kind of everything after that was a lot less fearful. Uh, once you're on stage in front of that many people without a script, like no teleprompter, a 13 minute script, like, you definitely change as a human. Um, and that was a uh, quite an impactful experience um, in my life. And is that the first time you've ever spoke on stage? Not the first, but by far the lar in terms of size, largest um, and most pressure. But I've, I've, I've spoken on stage with like slides, supporting slides. So it's, yeah, it's very different when you have like a 13 minute script and you actually don't have, cause with TEDx, you're not looking at your slides. You just, it, you just do like a picture. Um, so, so, so with TEDx, different. you don't look at your slides at all. You don't have any notes. You don't look at your slides. You don't, cause I, I do regular two hour presentations, but, um, even a 30 minute one on stage, but I'll always have a clicker in me and then there's always a couple of notes that give me the idea of, of where I'm going. And what, what was the title of the TEDx talk? It was about opportunities are everywhere. So it's about basically like meeting how people will come into your life and you have a choice to kind of explore it or pass. And also like experiences will come into your life and, um, and it's up to you whether you take it or not. And, uh, but I shared my story on the opportunities that I took. And then the impact I was able to make, and it was in relation to my mental health work that I did and building that community. And I ended up raising like over $40,000 for people with mental health issues. So it was my story, but it was just to kind of like lay it on the crowd to be like, what is your life? When do you have those opportunities that you pass on because you said you didn't have time or you weren't senior enough to do that? So that was kind of like a message I wanted to leave with the people to get out that's amazing so when i when i when i ask you for your 
for your for your achievements to come on here for me to do the intro at the beginning, you didn't want to mention that you've actually spoke at fucking TEDx events, <laughs> which is which is amazing. No way. So that's cool. Um, I'm, I've actually just written it down there. It's on, it's on a note with uh, something to do with my staff. I can't show all of it, but <laughs> uh, because it's got stuff for doing with my staff next week on there. But I'm I'm gonna watch that later. That's um that's brilliant. That's that's really impressive. Um, little bit. A little bit jealous. I would love to speak at TED. Um, I don't think they'd let me. Uh, but <laughs> absolutely brilliant. So if people want to get involved, people want to speak to you, obviously I've just said to you, I'd like to do a webinar for the for, for the PR thing. Um, I'd like to have a yeah. look at it um, and get my team to go through it and, 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 and see what's included. And, and I think from, from the results you've got, obviously from being able to push something as big as that, something on a national basis, not just because a lot of my guys do local. So if you imagine that they was trying to actually implement your strategies in a local market area, like when you're targeting things like local papers and local online um, press and things like that, it's going to be a hell of a lot easier for them to reach out and do. And there's going to be a hell of a lot more people that can, because obviously the New York Times you, you mentioned earlier, I mean, every man and his dog's trying to get into the New York Times. So to get them to pay attention and actually give a shit about what you're saying is going to be very, very, very difficult. Whereas if I'm trying, I live in Weymouth, a place called Weymouth. If I'm trying to get in the Weymouth, probably the way, I don't even know what the newspaper around here is called. Let's call it the Weymouth Gazette. But if I'm trying to get into the Weymouth Gazette, the people there are a lot more desperate for, for stories. Because if I go to there and say, oh, a head teacher slapped my kid, I'd, I'd have somebody from the, 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 the paper probably at my house taking photographs and uh, and ready to, to pounce on this thing and put it on the first page. So the strategy from 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 what you're talking about for people trying to promote local businesses, not just from a not just from a, their own business perspective, because most of my um, audience have got agencies and I've got SEO clients and I've got clients that do this, and a lot of them don't know about this type of marketing. Um, so I, I would be very very if anybody wants to. Um, get in touch with, with, with Zach direct and obviously um, look at the course. It's PR, PRFastPass.com. That's correct. That's great. Okay. I thought it was, thought that was it. I, I had a good, I had a look at that before. I didn't dare look at the uh, filter off because it's the dating app. And if my missus looks on my computer and, I, and I've been on the dating app, she'll, she'll break my legs. Um, so I didn't, I, I heard about it. And I was like, this sounds really interesting. Can't wait to talk about it. Uh, but I didn't do any, any personal research on there. Um, for that reason alone. Um, so, but if people want to get in touch with you, obviously, if you want to get a date, get on Zach's dating app. Give us the URL for that, mate, and the girls will put it below. Yeah, the website is getfilteroff.com, or you could search filter off in the Google Play Store or Apple App Store. So just type filter off on your phone. Everyone's got one. And get some video dating going, guys. Uh, PRFastPass.com. But... Um, if you, you're not quite sold on this at the minute, guys, um, what will happen is I'm going to arrange a time with Zach as soon as we finish on this podcast to uh, to do a webinar for it as well. But we'll put the links for both down the bottom. Um, mate, I just want to thank you very, very much for coming on. It's been awesome talking to you. Um, I was dead excited because of the dating app coming on. So obviously, as you, as you knew when we spoke just before we come on live, um, I really do appreciate you coming on and, and taking the time. Um and thank you very much, guys. I will see you all next week with another amazing guest. Thank you very much. Cheers. Bye-bye.